Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as we uh, had the right, last rivalry game of the night last night. It was Washington Demons at the Mid Prairie Golden Hawks. It was, uh, we got to see some uh, really talented players on display. We've got someone to talk the game over with us and then a little bit of uh, playoff action to be coming up, a little preview. We got Annie Kretzinger of the Southeast Union. Welcome back to the program, Annie. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, it was a it was a well performed game uh, at a very brisk brisk pace, and uh, uh, the last round guy uh, rivalry game of the week uh, concluded with the big win for uh, Mid Prairie. Yeah, it did, and it did have a, a brisk pace, and a big reason for that is because because uh, Carson Grout was on the mound for Mid Prairie. Uh, uh, you know, he throws real hard. Um, their their sophomore, and and um, he had a great game. They only threw him five innings, so they. They saved his pitch count a little bit, you know, and saved his arm a little bit because I'm sure he'll be a big part of their postseason run. Um, but what he gave up uh, just one hit in five innings, and then um, Colin Miller came in and only gave up three hits. Washington was able to get a, a run off of him um, on um, Lucas Kroll uh, had a had a double past the right fielder there. It was the, Washington's only run of the night, but by that time, Mid Prairie had scored eight. And speaking of Grout, you know, he had he. he uh, pitched pretty well on the mound, but he was uh, had two trip two RBI triples uh, last night, so he was pretty darn good to play too. Yeah, he he. I was really impressed with him. You know, Washington. Uh, you know, they they could have gave up. They could have been ten run ruled real easy, but they they limited the the amount of. You know, it was just a couple runs here and a couple runs there. They didn't give up big innings and uh, they stayed in the game, but they sure were not able to get anything off of uh, Carson Grout. Is his name? Yeah, Carson Grout. And he, this kid uh, has uh, the University of Iowa is interested in him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think he's um, what is it? Uh, he's at least getting recruited if it's not verbal commit, uh, verbally committed. And you can see he's got the physical skills. You know, his, his fastball has a lot of velocity, and um, he didn't have to throw too much off speed stuff because it was it was working so well last night. You know, Washington's not a, a a bad hitting team. They've had a couple of rough. The last two games have been a little rough for them. Um, between game two uh, over in Fairfield the other night and um, this one at Mid-Prairie. And I always talk about the Southeast Conference teams have to play so many conference games during the week that, you know, pitching is usually a, a problem. And it was a good you know, Mid-Prairie's got a good offense. So the um, a couple of the six brothers were, were on the mound and they were able to, you know, hold them, I guess, relatively quiet. But it, it's, it's hard to hold Mid-Prairie quiet. And, you know, they had Mid-Prairie come into that game. Uh, they had lost three of their last six, which is rare for them. And uh, now they've won two in a row in blowout fashion. So uh, Mid Prairie may be clicking at the right time. Well, Mid Prairie played a, a very difficult schedule, and I think that might have them kind of more ready for the playoffs. Yeah, they do. And the, so the River Valley, um, especially the River Valley South, is really tough anyway. You know, um, the teams that they have to go play in the South, whether it's what Regina and um, I sometimes I mix up the North and the South teams, but. Um, Durant and West Liberty and and those um, those teams are really tough. Now the non conference they really do um, stack their schedule. They either schedule a lot of the good River Valley North teams, or they played Solon this year and Fairfield this year. You know, bigger schools. Um, they were supposed to play Mount Pleasant this year, another bigger school, but that one got rained out, I think. And so they have, they don't play like any slouches really. They they play a tough schedule, and um, that helped them a couple of years ago because they went to the state tournament. Um, and we'll see if it helps them uh, here in a couple of weeks. Well, uh, Mid Prairie's ballpark is just gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, and if you're going there to take pictures, the, 
there's four or five different spots that you can stand and and get good shots, um, especially because the, they have a, a low fence there. There's a low fence if you're standing not right behind the batter, but kind of off to the side. Um, you're in a little bit of danger if you're standing up and taking pictures like I was for a while, right in right line drive foul ball in your face territory. But most of the fans are in um, chairs, and they just have a cool little setup. It's just a, a cool place to watch a, a ball game. And I like it when you can sit up at the hill. Same with Kyoto. How you can sit up at the hill and then watch the whole thing, and you can see the entire um, diamond is, is really fun. You know, uh, you know, everybody, you, you go to a football game and it's just packed. You know what I mean? Uh, but I didn't really expect the same level of uh, attendance at the baseball games that I've seen all across Southeast Iowa. I've really never gone to a game that didn't have a pretty excellent attendance, and including the road teams really seem to uh, – they bring a lot of fans too. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's funny because – so I listened to one of the podcasts you did with um, uh, Dakota McCombs, the Kyoto coach who I went to high school with, and he mentioned that when we were in Sharon playing baseball that, like, nobody would come, and that was so true. I, I remember – looking out and you know we had just a couple of bleacher setups and i remember you know the bleachers being maybe a third of the way filled with with people that you know and now you go out to games and there's chairs everywhere i don't think that we cover a a team that doesn't have a bigger fan base than i at least that i remember when i was in high school um so uh, people just kind of come out i mean i don't know i don't know if it's has always been like that in this area or if it's just you know Nowadays, people want to watch more baseball, but it does seem like there's more. And you know what? Maybe it's because uh, maybe people got that uh, that COVID year in 2020 where they, you know, were didn't have any spring sports and a little bit limited in the summer. And maybe now everyone's, you know, not taking it for granted. And they're going to come down and watch every game. Well, they had this concrete uh, tiered stair step kind of uh, place to bring your own seat and uh, uh i've never seen that before but it was so comfortable there was plenty of shade there was gorgeous breeze that just uh made the night uh delight and uh like i say the pace it was just bang 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 that that game was over and that carson grout is uh, just an incredible pitcher do you know how fast he throws no i don't guys i actually um i'm sure they have that stat somewhere uh, I know he throws harder than most everybody that we cover. There are a couple other kids that have some heat too, um, but uh, I know he threw fast faster than the Washington bats for sure because they're they're behind him um, pretty much all. Night. In fact, I talked to him after the game when he was talking about how um, you know if if you're if he's blowing by guys like that, then instead of in a situation where he's going to throw a, a, an off speed pitch, you know he just maybe takes his fastball up and in or or you know moves it around a little bit, and so he's just kind of huffing fastballs in there, but he throws pretty darn hard, for, especially for a sophomore. Plus, he, he doesn't uh, – he gets a lot of strikeouts, but it doesn't seem like he's trying – you know, he's obsessed with striking them out, you know. He's mm-hmm. more than comfortable with letting that a really good defense play behind him. Uh, and like I say, he hits the ball really well, but uh, uh, that mid-prairie team, let's just talk about them uh, with uh, Kavanaugh there leading off, and he had a good game, and he made mm-hmm. run down some balls in the outfield uh, – I, I just didn't hardly see almost any mistakes that they made. No, they played a pretty flawless game, and you're right. They have, um, you know, they've got a lot of good hitters. I think they have, let's see, five, five, four or five kids that are batting um, above 300. Um, Carson Grout and, and Kane Brown are both batting above 350. In fact, um, Alex Bean, Colin Miller, and um, Brock Harlan's just flirting right up there. He's at 296. So they have a lot of kids that hit the ball. And um, if you hit the ball one through 
you've got good pitching, you can beat about anybody. And and so and you know you they're fifteen and ten right now, but they've had they've, a lot of their losses have been close, and a lot of their losses have been to to pretty good teams. So that's why they were ranked for most of the season. They just lost that ranking in the very last ranking um, of the season, but they're kind of showing why they were up there in the first place. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be super happy to face them in the playoffs. Uh, no, I don't think so. And I was actually just kind of looking um, looking at their bracket here because they're in um, a bracket with – I think they play they play their first game was at Mediapolis, if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull up the two-way bracket over here if I can find them on Varsity Band. Um, and they have a bye – um, where are you here? There we go. They have a bye, and they're playing the winners of Mediapolis. Um, well, sorry, they're playing the winners of Cardinal and Centrally in Mediapolis as part of a, a doubleheader that'll be a really fun doubleheader on the 5th. Uh, Cardinal and Centrally play on the 2nd, which is just a couple days from now. And um, So it'd be fun if that's, a, if that's a Cardinal versus Mid-Prairie matchup. That was the one that we wanted to see during basketball, but um, I would sure imagine that Cardinal would be at least have one of their bigger arms rested and maybe not throw them against centrally. Usually if you have a real, if you're playing to get to a really tough team in that first round of the tournament, you kind of try and finagle your arms a little bit. So your top guys will still be available for the next game. So um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it works out. They have a pretty tough, you know, they have to play. If they win that. They've got a shot to be playing at Mediapolis. The Mediapolis is a team that was just ranked a while ago. They're out of the rankings too. They could possibly be playing at Mediapolis in the, uh, district championship game. So, um, and then what they got West Marshall on the other side and Williamsburg on the other side. So they got a pretty tough road if, if they're going to get there. Well, it was the third time that I got to see the Washington demons. And the first time I got to see mid Prairie, uh, and, uh, that first baseman for Washington, I'm a big fan of him. He makes a uh, Cole Williams, I think is his name. Uh, yeah. He digs the balls out of the dirt. Uh, he, he shines on the defense and, uh, uh, you know, I, I just they, – they've just lost so many close games, you know. Uh, uh, I, I really do enjoy watching them play, and they've got uh, – but uh, uh, they had their hands full with the pitcher that was thrown at them last night, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that Williams kid's a power hit. He almost went deep against Fairfield um, in game one the other day. I was, I was covering uh, Washington-Fairfield doubleheader, and he hit the fence. I don't remember if he hit the fence on a flyer. He hit the fence on a bounce, but it's a long fence out to where he hit it. Uh, and he's still batting. Man, you, Washington, you know, Washington's only won five games. They've got uh, three kids. Well, they got four kids, but they got three kids that are regular starters that get enough of bats that bat above 300. And that Williams is batting 379. Um, so he uh, and, and Lucas Kroll, 369. Ethan Patterson, 333. Um, so they've got some pretty good hitters. Uh, there's a little drop off after Zaglowski's. Ethan Zaglowski's hitting 297. Then there's a little drop off. Uh, there's about a 100 point drop off in their. Um, batting average so after you get that those first five or four or five guys they've struggled a little bit and i think that's one of the one of the things is they can just get a little more hitting in their bottom of their lineup you know that way the the innings are a little longer put them a little more pressure on the pitchers then um we'll see if they'll have to fix that before they play at kia in washington if washington can sweep kia tonight which is thursday that we're doing this um they can tie Keokuk in the standings so they wouldn't be alone in last place. And then they've got their hands full big time because they got Davenport assumption uh, in three-A so, tournament. Yeah, that Patterson kid, he, he made some nice plays. And I've always enjoyed watching him play. And they, yeah, they had some, they've, they've had some good performances. But let's uh, go. Uh, 
I was talking, I was listening to some other people in the crowd, and the kid that was the DH, he's the running back for the football teams. Uh, the DH for uh, Washington, you're talking about? Yeah, no, for uh, for Mid Prairie. Oh, for Mid Prairie. Let's see, you DH last Hose, night. Helsmet, uh, uh, oh, Tyler Helmuth, are you talking about? Yeah, Helmuth. Yeah, I guess he uh, just won a, a extra inning game uh, with a big three run home run here recently. Yeah, let me see what it's, I I, uh, I saw him bat last night. Let me see what he's uh, he's hitting right now. Um, yeah, he is a really good running back. They, the good person, back, football's coming back up. They run the ball really hard. Um, he's batting a good uh, two forty six with uh, um, with nine RBIs, a homer, uh, five five doubles so far this year. So yeah, let, let's see, that's he's batting two forty six, and that would be one two three. Let's see here, one two three four five six. That's seventh of their everyday starters is 246. So I really tell something about how um, about how well put together the lineup is. I um, mean, everybody's walked. He's actually he's the the one kid that doesn't take a ton of walks that everybody else has walked uh, in the double digits. So um, yeah, they just have you know it's one of those teams where you know you're a good team when it gets towards the bottom of the lineup. And then you, you know, you don't feel like the pitcher can just relax and, you know, coast through an inning or anything like that. Well, I just can't believe how fast the season blew by. We had several games of the week, and I was a little little sad that that was going to end, but I am very excited about the playoffs. And let's switch over and talk about the playoffs. So tell me just about the area games, um, where they're going to be, and uh, what, what are you looking at? What do you got on the chalkboard for the playoffs? For sure. Well, we'll start. We'll go. We'll go backwards from. from uh, this is only the Southeast Iowa Union teams. I know that uh, uh, Burlington plays in 4A and they've got a pretty good shot over there. But in 3A, our local bracket um, is filled with really good teams. And you know, um, between Fairfield and Mount Pleasant and Washington, um, Fairfield's two games above 500, and the other two are below 500. So as you might guess, um, there's going to and and among the other SEC teams, you know, Fort Madison is the best team in that. Uh, of the three A SEC teams, and they're seventeen and seven, so you know they're going to throw a couple of, of real top seeds in there, and they did because uh, Assumption got in there, Marion got in there. Those are perennial powers. Assumption on um, on the eighth, uh, five o'clock game actually. So if you really, were really daring, you could try and catch a little bit of that, and then drive to another one. But um, the winner of that's going to play Fairfield or Keokuk. Uh, that one's yeah, at Fairfield Middle School. I kind of thought that they would do a doubleheader between um, the the Washington, Assumption, Fairfield, and Keokuk games because Assumption doesn't have lights, so they can't host a night playoff game. And so I kind of thought it would be a, a little doubleheader, but um, turns out it is not. Um, so Assumption's obviously favored, you know, times a million in the top half of that bracket. <laughs> They're just a really good team. They go a lot. But it is baseball season, and, um, you know, base, baseball playoffs, there's a lot of, of upsets. So, and then the other side of that bracket, Mount Pleasant drew Marion. They got to go up to Marion. And if they're lucky enough to pull off an upset uh, over there, then they'd be playing either Fort Madison or Oscoos. And Fort Madison, uh, Fort Madison and Mount Pleasant, I think, have knocked each other out the last few years. I know Mount, Fort Madison knocked out Mount Pleasant last year, and I believe Mount Pleasant knocked out Fort Madison the year before. So they've kind of, they kind of always end up in the bracket together, it seems. They just kind of draw each other all the time. So, um, that was a tough. That was a tough one for any of our teams to score out. Not only in a, any of our union teams, which are Fairfield, Mount Pleasant, and Washington, but any of the SEC teams to to squeak one out there. They're going to be pretty good because that's a, those are some tough teams. Assumption and Marion at the top. So, uh, where's Fairfield playing? 
Fairview will play at home, and these are on the eighth, uh, which is just over a week from today. They they will play at home against Keokuk, which is a team that they've traded blows with a little bit this year. Um, uh, Fairfield got the four seed, and Keokuk got the five. So it went uh, Assumption, Marion, Fort Madison, Fairfield, Keokuk, uh, Oskaloosa, Mount Pleasant, and Washington. I was, I was actually a little surprised that I thought that Mount Pleasant would jump Oskaloosa in those little uh, in those rankings because Oskaloosa has had some trouble with the Southeast Conference teams. And um, so I kind of figured it would, I, I was, in my brain, Fort Madison would have been playing Mount Pleasant in a 3-6 game. But um, as it as it is, Washington and Mount Pleasant have their hands full big time with those ter- first two round up, uh, first two rounds. And then, you know, fair, for Fairfield and Keokuk, you get into that situation where they've played each other pretty close. And do you throw your main guy, you know, Fairfield's uh, Nate Smithberg's a, a really, really tough uh, kid to hit. Um, do, they, do they put him in against Keokuk? Um, or do they go somebody else? I will say that Tate Allen has had some really strong starts for them too. So they do have, you know, the pitching it might take to keep some of these games close, but um, you kind of uh, run into those, you know, you don't want to waste pitching too early. If you know that, you know, when you win, you're going to go against a, a top team that's going to have a really good lineup. A lot of, a lot of teams like to hide their, their ace or whatever until they get to that number one seed. Well, Leo DeRocher uh, had a saying about, he says, I never save a pitcher for tomorrow because tomorrow it might rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's a good point. Well, the, so the, and the teams that are in that situation are the four, the four or five teams especially because, you know, you go out and if, if Fairfield and Keokuk go out with their top pitchers and they waste all their innings away and, you know, they, they have this knock in, knockout, drag-out fight, you know, and, and Washington can't uh, upset assumption, then they're rolling into the – to, uh, an assumption game with no pitching, and so that's kind of a, a doomsday scenario. So, uh, as well as we get into two A and and one A, I'll, I'll jump to two A. Um, our more, most local bracket is the Mid Prairie bracket with Cardinal and um, Van Buren counties in there, and um, and Mid Prairie will be playing the winner of. I, I talked about this earlier. They would be playing the winner of Cardinal and Central Lee. And that's the same thing with Cardinal Central E. You know, do they, they throw their aces against each other or they wait um, a while? And sometimes it's like an unwritten rule in the first round where each, each guy throws out their number two or three pitcher. And um, so those Cardinal and Central E play on the second in, in the Class 2A Region 6 tournament or Substate 6 tournament. And the winner of that will go play against Mid Prairie at Meepo on the fifth, which I believe is Tuesday. And then right after that game, will be a matchup of Mediapolis against either Van Buren County or West Burlington. Van Buren County and West Burlington will play um, on Saturday as well. Actually, it's Van Buren and West Burlington will play at Cardinal High School, and then Cardinal and Central League play right after. So those are, that's a doubleheader right there if you want to go see some. So when is that baseball. game? That's um, Saturday at 5. Oh, everything Saturday at 5. Van County. And, and Hunter, uh, my uh, protege, Hunter Bowler, will have both of those games. And so we'll, we'll uh, be in the evening on Tuesday. Let, let's talk a little bit about Cardinal. Um, they are hot down the stretch, and they uh, were able to beat a very good Sigourney team and then turn around and give Mediapolis their first loss in the same week. Uh, it, uh, I, I expect them to get by Central League. And then uh, I'm looking at this Mid-Prairie Cardinal matchup like that's going to be really something. Yeah, well, and as I said earlier, that was the I was so hoping to watch those teams play basketball against each other, and, and it didn't quite happen. But um, Cardinals really good. They got second in the South um, this year to New London. Obviously, we were going we'll talk later, but New London is super super good. But um, Cardinals got you know kids that are that are hitting 
Um, Carson Kinney's batting 415, the junior, and, and Landon Becker's been one of the best baseball players in the area since he's basically been playing varsity, which has been a long time. Him and Blaine Bryant are, are both batting above 300. Um, and then um, if you look at their pitchers, they've got some some arms that can that can deal with a team like Midbury. Landon Becker's ERA is 0.54, and uh, that's not uh, unusual. Um, he's 6-0 and on the year, and, he, and he's been one of the toughest arms to face um, around. So if they can possibly get by centrally without using Becker, and then Becker's going against Midbury, then you know that's a, a pretty tough arm, and then Midbury's got to figure out who the heck they're going to go against. Becker uh, against, against Kraut, that would be a that would be a game, wouldn't it? That would be a game, yeah. And that would be best on best type type stuff. Now, at the same time, if you're Cardinal, um, you know maybe you think you know Central East is not not too much of a slash. They've won what, seven games this year, so it's not like they're a, a winless team or, or anything like that. And um, as the underdog, Central Lee will probably throw out a, a pretty good pitcher. And um, so then you got to think, um, you know, who you, you, you want to roll the dice and not go with your top guy in the tournament or, or uh, hope that your, your second and third guys can, can knock off centrally and then you'll be in a good position when you get to, uh, to McBrary. Well, it's been a, been a great season. Uh, we only got like nine minutes left. So let's go over the eight, eight, eight teams because there's a lot of them and uh, a lot of great matchups coming up and everything's on Saturday, I think. Yeah, yeah. Class 1A. Well, um, so the Class 1A teams got split up a little bit. Um, New London and uh, Kyoto and them are in 1A6. So I'm going to read off. Whoops. I clicked out wrong here. Um, we've got 1A6 and 1A5. So I'll just go into our so I'll go uh, 5. Uh, Highland got thrown to Class 1A5, uh, um, as did Hillcrest Academy. Highland and Hillcrest both play um, at Highland on Saturday. Hillcrest plays Grandview Christian, and then Highland follows with Montezuma. Montezuma's only won um, one game this year, and Grandview Christian's only five and nine, so they just haven't played a lot of games. And then if they can go by each other, then they would play at Highland on the fifth, so a lot like the two. The same dates for the two A teams. Um, and then the top seed in that is North Lynn, which everyone knows North Lynn is one of the best athletic schools in Class 1A. Um, and they've got a lot of good schools. Albertettes in that. Lynnville Sully, one of the um, – one of the best teams from kind of the South Central area um, that, that, that plays Kyoto there. And that um, Linville Sully could play Highland on the ninth if, if both get through. And um, obviously Hillcrest is going to cause some problems with Highland if they both get that far in the in the second round. So those guys got thrown over there. And I don't know if it was for – there's a lot of 1A teams in the area, so you can't fit them all um, or what. But the local district in 1A6 is, is District 6, and that's the one that has new one at the top. They got to buy – um, Pekin and Lone Tree, which should be a pretty big battle, will happen on Saturday. And uh, the winner of that will play at New London on the 5th. And on the other side, Kyoto and Danville play each other in the first round. And if I'm not mistaken, Danville upset Kyoto in the tournament last year. Yes, they did 6 nothing. So um, we'll maybe revenge on the line for Kyoto over there. Um, and then you got Notre Dame and Wapolo. Um, on the other side, so if Kyoto can get by Danville and and probably Notre Dame, um, then we could possibly, and if New London could get by either Pekin or Lone Tree, we could possibly have that Kyoto-New London showdown that I think we've been hoping for. And um, the best team on the other side is Sigourney, and you've seen them. You've seen what they can do. Um, so it's it's not, definitely not an easy road. New, I've, I've said all year New London's the one team that I would say is our, you know, our our best shot at, at going in baseball or softball, but they've got some 
some landmines on the way. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Highland. Uh, uh, they've got a great pitcher, Chase Soltz, so he might be able to take take down a a, a a team with a pretty good record too. Yeah, he's really good. He throws really hard. I, I got to watch him uh, uh, pitch a couple of games this year, actually. And um, yeah, I wonder. I would assume that they probably won't throw him in that first game. You know, they've definitely got other arms that they can they can throw against Montezuma, but. Um, then you get to Hillcrest. Man, that's really when the decision comes is you get to Hillcrest. They're a 500 team that has shown that they can play with the, the better teams in the north. So um, and I'm sure Hillcrest won't be won't be saving saving many arms if, if they've got them when they um, play over at Highland. So, and, you know, Highland is, is one of the more senior-led teams that, that we cover, period. Um, a lot of the Highland lineup has been playing together for the last few years, um, and, and their lineup is, is, you know, as you said, Schultz is a senior um, Cage Bonham, I'm not sure if I pronounce his name right because I always just try and type it, but he's a senior. Um, Trevor McFarland's a senior. Connor Grimstead's a senior. Uh, Luke Miller's a senior. They're shortstop. And um, Spencer Grubbs. So they've got a ton of seniors on that team. So sometimes senior-led helps in the tournament because they've been there before and they know this is their, their one chance to go out and do it. Well, Highland, uh, North Mahaska has a pretty good record. Sigourney has a pretty good record. Kyoto has a pretty good record. New London has a pretty good record. Uh, just a lot of great teams, uh, uh, a lot of evenly matched teams. So there should be some great ep, uh, 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 tournaments here. You mentioned Mount Pleasant has a pretty tough assignment in uh, baseball, but uh, if you just go back all the way back to the basketball season, uh, Mount Pleasant got a big uh, upset in the first round of uh, this year's basketball tournament. So maybe they will yeah. little That's magical true. rub off on them there too. Yeah, and as I said, you, uh, basketball upsets happen more rarely than baseball. In baseball, you always are going to get a couple because of the pitching matchups, and it's just a it's a the game feels short. It's only seven innings, and one hit or one year error here or there kind of kind of um, changes stuff. So baseball is when you see a, a lot of those upsets happen. Yeah, and and I'm sure we'll be talking about some upsets. Well, uh, is there anything else that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to? No, I'm I'm, ex- I'm just excited for the. For the postseason to start, it's going to be a, a you know, we're going to blink in about a week and a half from now. Pretty much all teams besides the the elite of the elite are going to be gone. So, um, so yeah, it should be a fun ride. Well, t- talk about uh, how you're gearing up for the playoffs here at the Southeast Iowa Union and, and how our listeners can follow through the Southeast Iowa Union. Yeah, well, um, so first off, we'll have um, coverage as, as soon as, as we can get it on the paper. It's going on the paper. Uh, Hunter Mullen and I will be running around everywhere so um if you see us then you know we will we'll be covering two games a um a night live the the baseball and softball tournaments kind of coincide with each other there's a lot of days where there's five or six big games so if you don't see us there that definitely doesn't mean it's not going on the paper because they're all all the games will be in the paper one way or the other so um and we'll follow everyone to the to the ends of the earth we say uh, until they're knocked down hopefully even to carol for the 1A tournament in Iowa City for the – or 1A and 2A tournament in Iowa City for the 3A, 4A tournament. But um, it'll be pretty busy. But Monday through Friday, uh, obviously this Monday is July 4th, so for these weekend games, that'll go on Tuesday. Um, but Monday through Friday, we'll have coverage. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be there. As I said, we'll be there at the ends of the earth. No matter no matter where they go in the state, we'll be following them. Well, I just want to thank you from myself and from Steve Pilchin and from Scotty Melvin uh, – we really appreciate all you've done for us this year. You, you, you've done a great job of keeping us up with the spring sports and keeping us up with the, uh, with the baseball that's going on. And you've been an invaluable resource for our listeners. And we really 
thank you for uh, for all the knowledge and and I really want to thank you and your partner for how hard you work. Uh, you work hard. The guys at KCII work hard. The KTVO guys are working hard. No one really uh, probably has any idea of how hard it is to to cover this many teams in this big of an area and get out there and see all the games that you do every single night. Yeah, well, it, it's a, it's fun. It's a little, it's a little taxing, but I get this little break before football season, so I'll enjoy my rest. <laughs> well, we've been talking to Andy Krutzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union covering the uh, round guy rivalry game of the week, which was uh, Washington Demons at Mid-Prairie. Uh, there was a, a lot of intense action and uh, a game that was followed very closely. Washington usually gets the – I think they said they'd won uh, 10 of the last 12, but uh, Mid-Prairie came out on top of this last night. They've got an excellent team. I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed their – their ballpark. I was. I've enjoyed every game that I've seen this year, and it's been a, it's been a delightful summer so long. And uh, you've made it a great one. Thanks, Andy, for being with us. Yeah, thanks so much, and I'll see you down the road. All right. Well, this is Round Guy Radio with news you can use. It won't give you the blues. And stick with us because we're going to give you the best playoff coverage possible.